I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, what's up, beautiful folks? Uh, Jeremy here from Sick Boy Podcast and got some show dates. A big one. It's our last show in Toronto for the year 2018. It is coming up November 4th. Uh, There are still tickets available to that show. It's going to be at the Entertainment One headquarters in downtown Toronto. Uh, So if you want tickets or info on that show, head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash shows. Um, And a couple, I mean, this is kind of last minute, but we've got a show tomorrow, Tuesday, October 30th in Vancouver. There's still a couple tickets left. So if you're in the city, we're currently here. uh, Go grab your tickets. It's going to be a beautiful show. And then a couple days later, November 1st, I think there are tickets left. I'm not quite sure. Uh, Calgary in Sate, at Sate, in Sate, the college. Um, you can head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash shows for all the info on those tickets. And uh, and actually, you know what? There's another little thing happening in Toronto. November 5th, it's a, the podcast playlist Hot Docs Podcast Festival. Uh, and if you want info on that, you can also head on over to sickboypodcast.com slash shows. We'd love to see all of you out to these live shows. They're, they're a hell of fun. And uh, it's nice to, you know, meet the listeners, put a face to the ears that we're being shot into by on a weekly basis. So go get your tickets. Come hang out with Brian, Taylor, and myself. And uh, let's have a laugh and, and, uh, and a consensual hug or a high five or a handshake. Hope you enjoy this week's episode. <laughs> Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Ken. He had endocarditis. Let's talk about it. Uh, Okay, I feel like this recording is going to feel like we're in the desert. Because there's no water in sight. <clears throat> I've got this like phlegm thing going on in my throat. You know how, Tay, you always clear your throat like a thousand times a day while we record? We he had does, this conversation yeah. the other day and I told you I think that that's psychosomatic. You think it's psychosomatic for in me. you. Yeah, yeah. In me, <clears throat> there's like legitimate something going on where it's like phlegm is just like coming up into my throat. But like it's not in my throat until I... <clears throat> yeah, force it up into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it change your voice? Yeah, like where you where your voice gets really like thin. Oh no! But you'll hear like a grovel. Like, you know what? I'll try not to do it and just leave and just it. Let it happen and just let it happen, and it sounds fucking awful. Because that's what happens to me when I do that. I teach yoga. Can you not? Can you turn that? That did you just turn that monitor? Now I like. Hey, I'm like. Hey, Ken. Now you're now you're Wilson from Home Improvement. <laughs> I can well, see you from I, I the did, nose up. I, if you thought about anybody else other than yourself for once in your life, you'd realize that I probably did it to make it so that I could see everybody, but you don't think about anybody else, so. <laughs> no one can see this, uh, but we are not home. We are in Vancouver. Uh, this is the second time we've been in Vancouver this year, and this is the first recording that we're doing since we've been in town. We've got a whole bunch of recordings coming up and uh, a couple of live shows over the next week, so we're super stoked to be here. Um, but, uh, I'm really excited to be sitting here with our first guest, Ken. Thank you, sir. How are you? I'm well now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're here. You're here. Uh, you're live. It's 2018. Yep. Uh, kind of a funny build, uh, lead up to this. We were on, you know, we're, we're recording a big, a big shout out to, to, uh, Chorus Entertainment. They're, they're allowing us to use one of their recording spaces, which is, um, you know, like 300% more legit than the recording studios that we usually I, d- use. I'd say like 3000. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a bit, it's a quite a bit more percentage higher. <laughs> and so, um, we're, 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 you know, we're way up in this high rise in Vancouver and we're on the, we're on the sidewalk outside and, and this guy just walks out into traffic and then he quickly realizes, Oh, 
I shouldn't have walked into traffic. Turns around, you know, I, I was on the phone, makes makes it says something, and we're all like, ha ha ha, I almost followed you out into traffic there. And then we get on the elevator in the in the building, and then separate elevators. We end up getting off at the same time on the same floor, going, oh hey, you're the, like you're the guy. You're the that guy was, almost got creamed by that the bus. Guy, you're the guy then, from the sidewalk, and then the, the then the girl at reception. We're like, hey, we're uh, we're Sick Boy Podcast, and then the guy beside us that was the guy in the crosswalk goes, I'm here to see Sick Boy Podcast. <laughs> and then we realized it, it all made sense because he's blind. Ken's blind, yes. so that's why he almost walked into traffic. I shouldn't have made that premature ejaculation joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ken's not blind. But Ken, what, what, uh, what, why don't you fill us in on what, what it is we will be talking about today, what you've been... Three years ago this month, I got a cough. And it lasted three months, and uh, one of my coworkers found me on the floor, passed out of my office. And for, just from coughing so hard? Well, I, you know, guys don't go in to the doctor to get checked out, so right. I was being a tough guy and uh, just working through what I thought was a cold, and it just kept on getting worse and worse and worse, and I passed out on the floor of my, of my office, still didn't do anything, and she found me in my car one day with the car running, and I was slumped over the the steering wheel for about an hour just passed right out. Jesus, Whoa, holy shit. Ken. This is like, we ramped right up into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing I want to like take it back, so I guess like, you're, you're a little bit older than the three of us. A little bit. Uh, what are you, you're in your 50s? I'm in my 50s, 54. Okay, 54, okay. Um, and it's funny because like, you're like definitely your generation there is there there was and, and I guess like still is this, this mentality of like, uh, suck it up, don't like like men aren't weak, like do not go to the doctor. Uh, everything will be fine. I'll, I'll just like muscle through this. Still uh, prevalent. That's right. Still, in our generation. Even in our generation, still prevalent. I'm, I'm not, I'm subconsciously like that a little bit. Yeah. But I, but I think we are trying to, like one of the things we do with the show is we're trying to like, you know, dispel that and like right. change that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely like rooted and ingrained. I see it in my dad. I Way see it in my dad's dad. Yeah. You know, um, but but when you he, he, even knowing that, when you hear someone say something as fucking crazy as, yeah, I passed out of my office and then uh, someone woke me up and then later I went to my went sitting back to in work, the car and went for a couple beers afterwards, <laughs> over the car, the steering wheel of the car, it, like that is so bonkers to me. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like what's what is the what will what's the straw that breaks the camel's back there? Like that was everybody else being concerned for me and forcing me to go to emergency. Sure. Sure, and course. you're like you're like I'm not going because I I'm weak. I'm going because you guys all want me to go. Right? Six hour wait in an emergency. Who <laughs> wants to do that? Yeah, I, that's now, the daunting. That's the daunting yeah. thing. Amen to that. That's one of those things why I still to this day when I when when someone's begging me to go to the hospital, I'm like, ah, I just don't want to go wait. Well, that's yep. the Canadian. You know, that's the that's the the drawback. You know, we 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 dive into. We dive into like the the pros and cons of healthcare systems and stuff like that, and and you know we've got a big pro in that it's you know more or less taken care of by the government, well by our by us t- paying taxes. But the drawback is it's a the wait it's a huge wait wherever yeah. you go. Six hours yeah. isn't too bad though, con- considering. I think I think six hours is probably pretty average. Three hours. I I think that uh, I kind of think that wait Four, times maybe? are perceived wait times. It's a perception of people that they're really high because they're not always high. It depends on when you go and it depends no, on the yeah. situation. And there's there's you long should. wait times for like specific things. Like if you want to get like an MRI done or like a CAT scan yeah. and it's not like a medical emergency, then you can be on yeah. like really, really, really long wait lists for, for things like that. Unless you're in the hospital. If you're in there, you get in right away. Oh, right. They, yeah, they, yeah. They wheel you through. Yep. They've got the porters. Yeah, the, the, the point I, that I just wanted to make was like no – no, United States, we do not want your system. No, no. not at all. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. And I think the point you were also trying to make, Brian, is that uh, when you have an emergency, wait until about Wednesday around 1 p.m. It's the, it's the off hours. It's really <laughs> not peak times. Uh, no one goes to the ER around one Wednesday, 1, 2 o'clock. Friday night and Saturday night? Mm. Stay the fuck Dude, home. I, I go, if I need to go to, <laughs> nope. the, to the emergency room, middle of the week, middle of the week at the QE2, like at 2, 2 a.m., I was told it's Mondays are the thing. worst. Most people will 
summer <laughs> through the weekend because <laughs> it's a weekend the beers to play the sports right and then monday everybody goes <laughs> that's so funny because i was kind of joking but also i'm sure there are peak times and the, of, uh, there are absolutely me. and the irony of um of of it being an emergency room <clears throat> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> it's an emergency room where you will put it off to go there and when you get there you have to wait <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's take it back so you had this cough and and when you say cough, do you mean like you thought it was just like a common cold? It was just a cold. It was just, that's what I thought it was. And I thought maybe it might move to the flu and it was just coughing. Nothing was coming up. I wasn't doing anything. But then I couldn't eat and then I couldn't keep anything down. So when I finally went in, they, uh, I mean, they basically said it was my heart. And then that immediately went wrong. And then it turned in, I was on a waiting list for a kidney forever. Whoa. Oh, oh shit. Jeez, whoa, totally fucking yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. That was three years ago. I was I was on dialysis for a year and six months. <coughs> and whoa. They, Can you go through dialysis? I I've heard dialysis a thousand times and I and I know I know some I know kind of the loose <laughs> definition of what it is, but what, what exactly is going on? When what it is is uh, you sit in a chair or a hospital bed for four hours while they they filter your blood. They you have two tubes in you, and it depends. I mean, I've had one in my chest, I've had one in my neck. And they, they take your blood out. They filter it through a little filtering system that gets all the bad stuff out. They take gets the water off you. And then they put the good blood back in you. It's a four-hour process. And they do that because you're it, – it, but it's, it's done with people who, who their, their kidneys aren't working right, That's right? Because right, you usually can't take a pee. You usually can't uh, do really anything. And uh, dialysis – doesn't fix you, but it maintains mm. Did, maintains you. Are yeah. things like kidney stones like associated with that? Uh, at the height of my sickness, they actually told me I had kidney stones, and we laughed. We thought, really, that's what we have to worry about now. But uh, kidney stones aren't related to that. It's just your kidneys broke down. The reason my kidneys broke down was because the pills they gave me. I was retaining water because my heart wasn't pumping out the water, so they gave me all these pills that combined with what was going on with my heart shut my kidneys down, which in turn shut my liver down. Well, okay, so so you went in because oh, wow. something was, you were having the, this bad cough, yeah. passed out, people told you that you had to go in. They they start to realize that something's wrong with your heart? That's what my GP said, and then they, they concentrated on that for a little bit, and then my heart doctor, my cardiologist, one day said, oh, you're hurt. They put me on a pick line. Do you know what a pick line is? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. shove it into your arm and up over your shoulder and into, into your, your heart. heart. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've no. had a pick line. I think I got the scar like right. Uh, we can we can compare scars later. Yeah, right there. And tattoos too. Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's get naked. <laughs> what do you got under there, Ken? Wait, wait. So, so how quickly after you go into the the hospital from that like initial cough episode to them saying, "Oh fuck, your heart is fucked up. Let's put you on a pick line." That was in. Uh, I, I I got sick in October. In January, in December, sorry, I was in the hospital. And then I got out in January, and then they put the pick line on me. That came out in March. What's going oh, through your like, head, though? Yeah, like, but wait, hold on. I'm trying to wrap my head around, like... <laughs> what the series of... Yeah, like, because it's like you... They... How do you go from, like... Were they, like, your kidneys fucked and your heart's fucked? No, or, it started with, started with the heart. And then they concentrated on that. <laughs> I was supposed to get a heart operation. I was in the hospital... For seven days, they kept me just lying there. And you really learn patience when you're lying in a hospital bed for seven no days. No doubt. And then they came in, and the guy was blunt. He says, listen, we could operate on you and make your heart better. You'll be, you'll be fantastic for a month, and then you'll die. Whoa. Whoa. So what did they say was wrong with your heart? Uh, or did they? Con- congenital heart disease, which turned into... Now, you've heard, well, you've got a, a fungus. You've, you've got a virus. I had a vegetation growing on my heart. That was eating all my valves. And the Whoa. F- first thing I thought was vegetation. Like, what, I got Brussels sprouts? I mean, I could understand a, a, a fungus. Like, that I could understand. And then where do you pick that up? And the only pl- spot I could think of, they kept on asking me if I'd gone to Somalia. And they, no, but I, I had gone to Guatemala three years in a row in remote villages helping out. I must have stuck my finger in my mouth or my eye or something after touching the dirt. And this thing just worked its way to my heart, planted a little vegetable farm, and started eating away. Is that what the doctors Whoa, what? are like? Okay, the well fuck? that that would make sense. Are they are they going? Well, yeah. that, that, that's they they probably... denied the Guatemala thing for the longest time, <clears throat> but that's the only spot I could have picked it up. Because they're saying that they're saying that it, it had to you you had to have picked it up in a foreign environment. Yeah, and because I was here, the Western medicine is not used to the jungle medicines down in Guatemala. If I would have gone back immediately, they probably would have caught it. And made them all stop it. Right, right yeah. Because they see it down there. They're, right? used to They're like, oh, yeah, you got, the, you got the vegetable farm. That was kind of right. similar to um, 
um, the the uh, the guest we had who who came on and talked about the the eye infection that he got when he was biking right, from right. Vancouver to yeah the the, uh, the title of that episode was I Jizz right yeah <laughs> and um, I don't think many people listened I saw that I saw that picture <laughs> because of that when I was it's side note but when I was going through my my phone photos this morning I saw that photo dude and it's, it's oh it's yeah. gnarly well it was but, very similar in the way that they were like well that when the doctors down there saw it. They were like, "Oh, well, this is this. Like your you, your, exactly. your eye was exposed to dirt while you were biking, and it got in your eye and it fucked your eye up." Yeah, they're, they're trained for that. Yeah, but outside of that, they're like, "What's happening to his eye?" Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever had something like in your body that just weirds you out? Like you just don't want it to be in your body anymore? Yeah, dude. Uh, Jeremy and I were sleeping in the same bed last night, and uh, <laughs> okay, I, I, no, no, not like that, not like that. Oh, <laughs> but but like. Well, wait, why not like that? Because <laughs> that's not weird. That's normal. No, it is weird because it was accidental. <laughs> okay, that's another story. The um, bed just kind of funnels us together in the middle of the bed. It's can't help And it. I don't know why, but <laughs> my feet were at his head and his feet were at mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think more so of like, uh, like a splinter or something like that. And you're just like, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't like this and it just shouldn't be yeah. in me right now. And and I, I picture like a vegetable farm growing on your head. Like the visualization <laughs> yeah, who wants of like, that? like like an actual I'd rather thing. have eye <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jeremy can give it to you. <laughs> so wait, but wait, is that is that actually like, was it, is that... Like, is that like a a sort of uh, like way for them to describe it to you, like the layman I, person who's not the doctor, so that you maybe. go, "Hello, I guess I kind of understand." Or like, is there legitimately like some sort well, of it's vegetation? Not and stuff. I know <laughs> that. I know it's not food, but like, is it like a? <laughs> is there some sort of like plant based thing growing in? Like, that's that's how I understood it, and he was eating my valves, so none of the blood, the none of the fuck? fluid was going into my heart to be spread evenly amongst my other organs. You're not a vegan, are you? Oh, no, God, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if he, if it sounds like the, the veganism would have been trying to kill him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I became vegan, and then my heart started heart growing. Turned into a vegetables. flower. <laughs> <laughs> so did, what, is there a name for this? What, the, it was what they called it, the congenital heart disease at the time, and I can't remember what it was at the end, but... I mean, four doctors basically wrote me off, and they were just giving me drugs, all the drugs they could, just to ease my pain while I passed. They gave me two days. While I was passed out in the hospital bed, they told my girlfriend, wife, or whatever you want to call her. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Common law. She says, not on my watch. You're not letting him die. Well, it's best if we intubate him, let him die over the course of two days in his sleep. Holy that's the humane f- thing That was to do. the first oh, thing? That, that was the, one of the fuck. first things they said? That's the first thing after Whoa. I got to the hospital, yeah. That's like really Just like let him go. He's he's beyond it. His liver is shut down. His kidneys are gone. His heart's toast. Just just let him go. Whoa. Okay. So how then? How do you get? So okay, you go in. Your heart's fucked. How does it go from let's just let this motherfucker die on the table right here to here you are three years later talking she, to us? Like, she just said no. She went no, no. She held my hand. She apologized for what was about to happen to me, which I would not wor- wish on my worst enemy, and uh, they cut my neck open while you're awake they tell you not to fight back it's going to feel like we're killing you and you can't help but fight back while a guy is slicing your throat open to shove a tube in it whoa oh my god ken yeah holy shit dude okay so so i've got i just kind of whipped up something really quick here on the internet endocarditis yep endocarditis is an inflammation in the valves of the heart it is often caused by the growth of what you said, bacteria on one of the heart valves, leading to a mass known as vegetation. So it's a mass growing on your heart that they call vegetation. Like a mass of bacteria. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, symptoms are like super nonspecific and c- basically include a whole bunch of shit. Um, and it, it, people with existing diseases of the heart valves and people who have undergone, uh, undergone heart valve replacements are, are at an increased risk of developing endocarditis. Yeah, I had none of that prior to that. Right, you just like, so they were thinking, you got this endo, and what, were they saying you have endocarditis? They kept on bringing up Somalia, but I've oh. never been there. Right, okay, okay. Man, this is They're so- like, are you ever a pirate? Have you ever been into piracy in Somalia? <laughs> so how did you go from the endocarditis and, and all of that stuff to the, to the kidney dialysis? Like, well, how did it they, swap? They couldn't, they couldn't fix my heart without killing me, they said. So uh, they said, well, just go home. That, and then after they, after they did the dialysis in my neck, I was on dialysis at New Westminster Hospital for about three weeks before they let me out. 
And is that uh, every is that a daily thing? What's the? It's every second days. My schedule was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Six hours, so an hour to get to where I was going, four hours in a chair, an hour to get back. You're off work. Completely? Oh, yeah. Sometimes you feel great. I think that's what Keith Richards does to make himself live so long. Right. <laughs> sometimes you feel great. Mm-hmm. Other times, just pull the car over about three times on your way home and it's, puke your guts out. So wait, that's oh, that's oh, the perfect. and like that was that first time when they were like starting to cut your neck open and you're struggling and stuff that so that they can do the dialysis oh, I f- through your I neck. fought back with everything I had. There was blood everywhere. The pillow. My mother was there and she goes, can we change this pillow when they moved it? It was just a, it was what? White? It was red. Whoa. Like just so much blood pouring out of my neck. And this is to insert the dialysis. Insert, so the IV treatment gets right into my blood now. So that's what my girlfriend did to me to make me live. Then they let me go to do dialysis and gave me five months to live. The same day I found out I had five months to live, my son told me I was going to be a grandfather in six months. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. And that's when I decided, yeah, this, is, this isn't me. This isn't how my story goes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. And then, and, then, and, then, and then what? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. So then, well, then, you and then I kicked the doctor in the chest and I, I jumped out the window. I, I, I'm kind of picturing your, your, your partner at the time, like, pushing the doctor aside and actually cutting your neck and doing it for you because she seems like she was, like, the advocate that really made it happen. And that's, that's one thing I have to push. Not only do guys need to go to the hospital more often, have an advocate. Advocate on uh, – you have to advocate for yourself. If you don't, you're toast. You know, I, I was raised to – doctors know everything. They, they barely know everything. You know, they have they their – They can only know so much. They, they yeah. have their specifics. But overall, it's like, oh, let them go. I mean, they were willing to do that. Nobody ever would have known it. Mm-hmm. Hey, I might have lived. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, the thing – I think the thing is that we – we fall victim to to this this like fairy tale belief that doctors know everything yep. and then then we just go oh well that because that's your job then we just trust that you know all the things that i would never know because i didn't go study it but like i mean christ we just met like a huge group of of kids in med school you know going on to become doctors and uh, an experience like that where you sit in a room with them and you speak with them uh, for you know a, a short period of time, it's it, it's enough for you to realize you're they're not superhuman. Who the no. fu- like? There's no one out there exists who knows everything about anything. And what you, grades did they get in class? I want the A doctors. I don't want the C minus doctors. They end up on Maple Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, one's, that one's gonna hurt so, later. So, so do you like like do you do you have do you feel like do you feel um, resentment towards your doctors? No, no, I don't. Because um, I, <coughs> my sister Colleen was a wrecking ball. She moved in. She went to every level of government, every hospital. She yeah. says, "This you got to do something." Mm-hmm. She just she like you know, like the song says, she came in like a wrecking ball and just just did everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like you have to be your own patient advocate, but but you to also have people on your team who advocate for you. Yeah, because you can. And I started bringing my girlfriend to every meeting I had. Be, mm. just to make sure she was getting a different perspective of what the doctor was saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because you're hearing it from one side and then having yeah. that second set of ears. My mom is, like, th- the best t- teammate to have for that sort of stuff. Like, she's... And she's a nurse. So she's, she's also a nurse, too. exactly. But then, and then, like, <clears throat> you know, Bridie's, Bridie's really great, too. And then also Becca is, like, a, a, a nurse as well. So it's, like, ha- like, putting together your little, like, team of of advocates to kind of stand by you when yep. you go through those things that's why the the new thing that's kind of becoming more um uh talked about now in in healthcare is the collaborative approach to to treatment so like the more involvement and collaboration between nurses and nurse practitioners and doctors and and i know that uh, there's certainly a lot of like shortfalls in the system right now but it, but i think that like that collaboration is what's really key mm. to providing the best level of healthcare, Without and I and I think that they're they're now acknowledging that and trying to move towards it. But it's definitely something that needs to be worked on. Do you yeah. think that the challenge, and this is just like open question for all for everybody, like that the challenge resides <laughs> in the that doctors go through so many years of of education and then they get they get spit out into into the system and where they where whatever they specialize in whether it's emergency or whatever speciality you want to, you you can pick out of a hat and then but there's still a chance that 
when they go and they make a diagnosis and they they say that this is the treatment that they could be wrong and that that's really hard for somebody who's been like man i've been through eight years of intense schooling Mm -hmm. and now i'm having these patients a patient and maybe a friend or a a family member go hey you know what i don't know and dr google about that yeah yeah, and and having the internet at our fingertips, yeah. and it being such a struggle of, of for, and rightfully so, for a doctor's ego to to go, man, it's really hard for me to 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 say that I think you might be right that there could that this person sitting across from me that has had no formal training in medicine could be right that there's another way to do this, and that's a huge struggle for doctors to to come to to terms with. Big ego hit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I and understandably so yeah. because of the immense training but that then they go through. Also, devil's advocate too, there's sometimes moments where a doctor might know that they're right in, in a certain circumstance. Absolutely. And and the person who's sitting there who's Googled it is like, no, it's this way. And you're like, shut the no probably shut the fuck up. F- probably way more of that. And not, yeah. going on and not one time a day either. They're probably dealing with five different families <laughs> right. in one day. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're and, gonna, and and it's like you 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 it makes sense on all sides of that, right? Mm. It's like the person who's 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 dying for an answer literally dying and looking for an answer, mm-hmm. um, of course they're going to react that way in, in being really like, uh, you know, really like hot to get that answer and, 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 and searching for like all the different possibilities when, when they don't feel like they can just, just accept like one, one thing that their doctor is telling them. And then of course, you know, the doctors, yeah. you know, getting frustrated about someone trying to be doctor and, or they have the family coming down on the one side and the patient coming down on the other. It's really hard balance to strike. And it's very, it's very, it's very front of mind for, for me and probably for, for the three of us right now, we're going to be speaking. I don't know when this episode's going to come out, but in November sometime we're speaking at a conference that's touching on this subject, specifically Mm -hmm. of patient advocacy and the importance of, of, of advocating, um, advocating for yourself in your treatment. And you have to do it. Otherwise you're toast. Yeah, if you just take everything blindly, then you know, then you're not you're not you're not you're not a helping hand in your own treatment. Yeah. I think right be- right before we get back to <clears throat> to your story, Ken, um, um, it, this reminds me. This part of the conversation reminds me of uh, this uh, conversation that Taylor and I were having the other day with with a, a friend of ours. He was he was. It, it's about the contrast of different experiences of human beings in a hospital. Um, our friend of ours lost his his mom. And uh, when she died in the hospital, it was like one in the morning and they had just lost her. And moments after, while they're sitting there mourning, the janitor walks past the the doorway, pushing one of those big buffing machines, just like slowly buffing, buffing the hall. And like... In probably, his with, world. probably with headphones on, like humming. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? and, but like in his world, it's such an ig- insignificant event in the hospital, right? Yeah. Like he's, he's in the hospital and that stuff happens all the time. But to them in that room, like that's their world has changed forever, yeah. right? And like, yes, he, maybe he's just the janitor, but think about how often medical professionals, nurses, ner- nurse practitioners, um, all, the, all the people who are involved in, in providing quality healthcare in the hospital, like they see things like this happen all the time. Every day, and, every hour. And it's, it's a reminder almost to them in a sense that like, like this is a very human experience <laughs> and, and, and families are dealing with something that's extremely emotional. But mm-hmm. at the same time, a, a, an equal reminder to those families that like these are people who, who see this stuff happen every day and like they're the people who we lean on to provide that sense of strength and support when we're going through these challenges yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. So going back to to your story, 
when you get so you know initially the doctors are going, <laughs> you know, this guy's going to be dead in two days. Just let him let die him in peace. And then it's five months, and now it's three years later, that, and you're still here. What are the treatments that the doctors go? Oh, okay. Well, you said the dialysis. Dialysis. What for happened sure. then when they were like, well, okay, we can start doing this to treat. Well, I was going to get a new kidney, so I had five people, um, three that I knew. And then two other strangers step up and say, well, I'll donate a kidney to him. So I must have done something right in my lifetime mm-hmm. to have that happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, two people turned out to be matches. One of them was my sister, Colleen. And so it was like, perfect, we're going to do this. She mm-hmm. went through all the testing. I went through all the testing. And then something started happening with my heart again. And they, the, the, kidney, the kidney people didn't think I was ready, even though I got the okay from my heart doctor. He says, your heart has healed itself. And I remember asking, well... Like vegetation gone? can't do that. Well, they think the pick line got rid of my, my vegetation and uh, the, yeah. the valves just closed up by themselves. You know, at the time, we didn't know this, but that was a misdiagnosis. So we ignored the heart and just went right to the kidney and, okay, get, get me off of dialysis, you know, a year and a half later. And I've already lost now 70 pounds. I went from 220 pounds down to 150. Wow. I had a six-pack and everything. I was hot except for all the tubes sticking out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, then we went... Uh, we went back to the, the kidney people, and they went, nope, nope, we're not going to give you. We don't trust your heart doctor. And they were right. If they would have given me Whoa. that kidney, I would have died anyway, and then my sister would have been left with only one kidney. So the heart doctor Holy thought shit. that your heart was better, yep. but it wasn't. Nope. And not then at you all. went to the kidney people. The kidney people said, I don't know about that. They were right. Your heart was still getting fucked up by the vegetation. Yeah, and that's when I had to get out of the hospital that uh, was where I live and come out to Vancouver and St. Paul's, and those guys were amazing. They did everything. Angiograms. You ever had an angiogram? No. You ever no, seen no. war movies when a guy gets shot right in the leg and they're trying to find that yeah. vein? Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. I What's know. an angiogram? That, what? What is, it, what is it? They, they go through your leg with a, and die and a camera up through that vein and up into your heart. Oh, oh. oh I've heard of that. It oh. doesn't hurt but you can feel it moving around in there. Oh, man, my inner thigh is such a sensitive area. That's the uh, same oh, thing as hurting. That's, everybody's cringing because every guy knows how that's going to oh, feel. Yeah. My leg just fucking went to sleep. I'm not even kidding. My leg just went to sleep. That was the one thing I was worried about the most. Yeah, no shit. But Did, the, that and then a couple of colonoscopies. You haven't lived until you had a couple of those. Mm. How were the farts after? Oh, that was incredible. The little Chinese lady beside me was outgunning everybody. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> um, yeah. I've had a colonic. Those, they're pretty great, actually. Colonos- a colonic is way different a colonic, than a colonoscopy. A colonic dude. is a voluntary, <laughs> yeah. therapeutic a, version a of colo- a colonoscopy. A colonic is like, all right, we're going to take this little tube, and uh, we're just going to very calmly <laughs> just slip this tube up in just a couple inches up in here, and then put a little bit of just warm Warm liquid. How's that feel? Oh yeah, it feels feels okay. I think. Uh, oh yeah, it feels a little foreign. Colonoscopy is like, all right, we're gonna take this um, <laughs> this giant fucking camera, right? The old and, uh, VHS and ones it, from the eighties. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Sideways, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. so CBC cameraman's coming in right yep. now. And uh, what was his name? Ken, the cameraman. Uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve, the cameraman, and just shove that thing from your asshole basically to your throat. And but you're what? half you're half awake, but they give you fentanyl to make to ease the pain. That's right. They yeah. Well, ease the pain and also kind of like like loosen you up and yeah. like calm you down. Apparently, my colon was very clean. I, the the hardest thing about the colonoscopy is all that shit you got to take beforehand the night before. All the powdered milk and you got to drink this pint Whoa. of crap. And then if you're you drink a pint of crap? A pint What's of, the point of that? It's, it's, even, even when they say, oh, take the flavored kind, the flavored kind, now it just tastes like orange-flavored shit. <laughs> and you have to drink this, and then if you leave within 10 feet of a bathroom, you're, you're, you're forget it, you're shitting your pants. Yeah, right. It's, and you, I think I shit out a piece of Lego I ate when I was three years old. Oh, my everything, God. Everything <laughs> came out. Something just stuck to the wall of your colon. Oh, it was, so was, your, like, was your butthole just raw? Like, were you wiping just after, like wipe, After a while, wipe, it's wipe. just like pissing from your asshole. Yeah. It's, it's uh, not, not even color anymore. Yeah. Dude, yeah, do you right. guys not learn anything? You got to use wet wipes. <laughs> well, actually, I, I've done this before, not with the not with the thing, but I've done it with uh, salt water. I've done like a salt water. I've done it a few yeah, times. Right. We do a salt water thing. You drink. Um, I think it's a little different. You drink like, well, I mean, the, the, the same kind of premise is that you just you shit idea. over and over again until yeah. until you're basically <laughs> shitting clear liquid yep. out of your yeah, out of your yeah. ass. Taylor and, was in a uh, was in a cult uh, that uh, it was a really weird uh, 
I it, went through the whole. I went through Davidian? every. Was the, uh, I think it was Nexium. Was Nexium was right. the was the thing. And then right up to the very end, I did the whole thing. I had sex with the dude, and then um, oh and no, then, come and on. Then, and then that was really horrible. Right up to the very too, end, and they were like, "Too soon, drink, drink this Kool Aid." And I was like, "You know what? Really not into fruit punch." <laughs> but yeah. and that was it. And I and I didn't do it. And they're and like, like well, we're, "We're done with the salt water." I'm gonna fucking out of here. Yeah. They're like, "Also, metaphorically, you've been drinking the Kool Aid the entire time." Yeah, <laughs> yeah metaphorically, that's right. <laughs> but literally, I would not. So <laughs> they f- they figure out okay. Kidneys aren't the issue here. It is the heart. Back to the heart after a year and a half on dialysis. And and just to like I you know and, and apologies to the listeners, but, but this there's so much here that I, I'm and going back and forth. I you they were like, yep, you got the heart vegetation, like the endocarditis or whatever, the, whatever however the fuck you pronounce yep. that. And then and then they're like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna give you the the pick line, and that's gonna like. Fight that off. That's going to fix it. <clears throat> and then they go, oh, we got it. We actually fixed it. Yeah. Your, your heart's like doing much better. Uh, but wait, your kidney's fucky. So we're yep. going to send you over here. They're going to they're gonna leave your kidney. Kidney people are like, uh, your kidney's not that bad. I think your heart's still fucked. And then you're like, oh, fuck. And you go back and the heart people are like, uh, we're going to send you to Vancouver. You come to Vancouver. Yeah. Do they figure out that your heart is still still fucked? Yep, yep. They found out that it was horrible. <clears throat> After all the tests and everything, they had the X-rays, they had the, the <laughs> angiogram, they had the, they mapped my whole heart, and it was the heart itself. If the heart is in the engine, the engine was funny, fine, was just running fine, but all the tubes going into it were eaten apart. the 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 surgeon afterwards told me it was like those trees that get eaten by caterpillars. Yeah, That's right. That's what my valves looked like. That's oh, why wow. none Whoa. of the fluid was going, just blowing everywhere. I was. I had this huge descended stomach from all the fluid not going where it was supposed to, but just building up in front of me. Is the reason that you were passing out because you had low blood pressure because of the because of like the, yeah, the, probably. the, the holes in your we heart? Never, you know what? We never did find out about that after. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, and I wonder. I, I'm asking. I I just actually for the first time in a in a for the first time in a really long time I was actually scared that I had a health issue the other day, um, and it was because I. I went to Brian and I sat down at um, one of these kiosks at um, like a Sobeys or a, a whatever with the pharmacy grocery section. store. Yeah, I love that <coughs> word kiosk. Kiosk at the kiosk, <laughs> and uh, and you know it takes your blood pressure and tells you your BMI and your weight and all that stuff. And and I went through and Brian and I did it, and it told me that my blood pressure was at risk. And then a couple of days later, I was telling that to somebody. And I was trying to recollect what the number was that it told me was like the high, the big number, right? And I was like, man, I think it was 180. And and uh, the the our friend who we were sitting with, who's a dietitian, was like, that is so high that you might die right now, <laughs> like at this table. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that that was the number. And I t- and then I told my mom that a couple of days later, and she was like, Taylor, that is so serious. You need to go. And I was like, fuck. I, do I have crazy high blood pressure and I'm like at risk of dying right now? So I I went back to the store. I did the test five times. And I just had, but I just had like basically regular blood pressure, but I was sitting there thinking like, holy fuck, like, am I going to have, am I going to have, do I have high blood pressure? Do I have to go on medication? Do I have to go see the doctor? Do they have to prescribe me stuff? Like what the fuck is going on? And for the first time in my, in a really long time, I was actually worried that I had a, I had a, a health concern, which I've always kind of gone through, especially this experience that we have talking with all these people that are sick going, I'm not somebody who gets sick. And it's surprising how you, even you though you still have that, hey? yeah, I still, I, I do, I do still have that, even though knowing that, I mean, we, we, all we, do, all we do is talk to people who who have had things, and and especially someone like in your case, Ken, who's going along like da 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 da, da yeah. this is my life, my life is normal, and then all of a sudden, and then I'm passed out, <clears throat> yeah, and so like what what was I guess tying coming back to 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 your like frame of mind, what was your what was your thought process or like your emotional state around going, hey, I was normal and now like today I'm not and now all well, of a sudden I'm being plunged into this like you're going to die? My very first thought was, you know, I have so many clients. Like I got to get this work done. I didn't right. want to be in the hospital. I just got to get – I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. Right? That's how I pay the bill. And they want me to stay in the hospital for 13 days? Yeah. I can't do that. I had a doctor say one time, okay, I'm going to – you're going to stay here for the weekend. I went, well, why? You're not going to be here. He goes, no, I'm going skiing, but you're going to stay here. I'm going to come back on Monday. And I went, well, I'll see you on Monday. Day. He goes, nope, you're staying here. I went, ah, no, I'm not. And I just left. Mm-hmm. I'm not staying for the weekend. He was pissed <laughs> at me. Was there like a was there a, was there a point where you, where you started to think like this is thinking of it that way is sort of ir- irrational in the way of of going my life is is 
at risk? I never really thought of that. I'd heard all the doctors tell me that, but deep down inside, I was like, Just no, no, compute. this this isn't this isn't me. Even when I was sitting in that dialysis clinic, and guys around dialysis for thirty years, mm. and I'm like, I could never do that. This is not a life. It, like, as I said earlier, it maintains you. But at that same time, I was still losing weight. Yeah. You walk in and you lose 10 pounds in the course of four hours. They suck out 10 pounds of fluid from you. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder how often <clears throat> stubborn people die just because they're stubborn. Well, yeah, like I'm wondering, like I'm, I'm hearing you say this and I'm going, did you just get lucky? Like, did you just get lucky or did you, was there some sort of thing within you that just knew deep down I know that this is not the way that I go. That's what it was. And also, I followed exactly what every doctor told me to do for about two or three weeks. And if I didn't see any difference, then I stopped doing it and did a lot of the stuff I controlled just by diet. Right. See, now, okay, so here's the thing is I, I want to be like, I want to be really cautious here because I feel like that's something that <laughs> you believe in. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like it's safe to say that none of us in this room can actually say that that is I wouldn't recommend. I would not recommend doing it that way. Okay, great, perfect, perfect. (laughs) It worked for me, but it probably won't work for everybody else. Right, and that's what I mean by like you know how there's like sometimes when I and this this is nowhere near as on on the scale that you're talking, but like I feel very in tune with my body, and I feel like uh, the way that I I relate to my my sinuses, my my whole respiratory tract, my my lungs. And, and my, my digestive system because of everything I've been through and also because of like yoga and, and theater training and the way that I've related to like how my body works as a tool. I feel very in tune yeah. with when I am about to come down with something. Yeah, you're and like, aware I, of it. I fucking call it. You call it all the time. Way before it even happens. Yeah, you do. Right? Like the, like the time that I, the last time I was admitted and was like really fucked up in the hospital, we were away. And I was saying to you guys, I feel weird. I feel really weird. But sometimes I feel like you do that in the sense that like you're at like a roulette table and it's been red for like 27 times in a row. And then you're like, I think the next time it's going to be black. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it, 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 potentially, potentially. But there, but there is a sense of like, I feel like I know. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't, I can't really put my finger on, on what that is or where that, where that really comes from. I can assume, I can think, you know, it might come from this or that or whatever. But I don't really know. And so, like, when I hear someone like yourself who's making these, like, that's a, that's a fucking drastic decision. It is. To basically go, no, 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 you're staying here for the weekend. And you go, nah, 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 I, I know, I know, I'm going to go do this thing. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't recommend it either. But it is pretty fucking fascinating and interesting to know that I had you to get did. away from that food. Yeah, yeah. Yo. It takes a special talent to turn something that looks like sweet and sour pork into something that tastes like shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hospital food is bananas to me. And that's also something that I feel like we need to talk to an American about because in those like private hosp- like privatized ho- hospitals in the States, the food is like five-star Michelin. Like, Well, I mean, you're paying for it. <laughs> yeah. hospital, <laughs> hospital cafeterias have good food. But the mm. stuff they serve the patients is something totally different. Garbage. That's the thing, though, yeah. dude. You could you could be in Canada and get free healthcare and uh, and order Uber Eats every day for cheaper. You can. There yeah. you go. Yeah, right. Again, not, not in Vancouver. <laughs> uh, well, we, don't, we don't have Uber here yet. No, but you have Uber Eats. <clears throat> you do. Yeah, yeah Uber right. Eats. They yeah. got it. They do. Same with Halifax. We don't have Uber, but we have Uber Eats. Ah, so, okay. yeah. Which I'm like, how the fuck does that work? Come on, <laughs> yeah, like, come on, guys. Um, <clears throat> Okay, crazy. So you 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 basically defy your your, your medical team, um, but how do you, how do you come out on the other end? Like, what where where did this all start to? Because I'm looking at you now. You look you, you I mean you I said you went, fifty pounds back. Okay, but you're still you're nowhere close to where you were. No, no, I'm twenty pounds less still. Okay, yeah, sweet. So you like you look great. Thank you, sir. You look good. You seem healthy. I hope I am. I just had my one-year checkup at the beginning of this month. So it's been one, one year. One year since my heart operation. It's been three years since I actually got sick. Okay, so you ended up going for operation. What was the operation itself? The operation itself was this This doctor at St. Paul's, Dr. Bashir, I'm going to give a shout-out to him, he, uh, he took pity on me. He found my file by accident. Four other doctors had refused to operate on me. The, the Hippocratic Oath states do no <clears> harm. So we're not going to open them up and kill them. We're going to do no harm. But in doing no harm, they were killing me. Yeah, right. so this I don't guy, get that. Yeah, this guy, he sent a note out to everybody. How dare you become a doctor and not at least try to help this guy? I found they were trying to, they didn't want a death on their resume. 
And you right. know, I yeah, was yeah. I, I like a lawyer that doesn't want to take a losing case. Yeah, my mindset was already I'm going to die. So let's try whatever we can to make it happen that I don't. I was willing. And this guy took a chance that 30%, 30% chance you're probably <coughs> maybe come out of this, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to wake up, but especially when they wheeled me into the wrong 30% room. 30% <laughs> chance that you would be okay. That so I would 70% be, chance that, that I was going to die. Wow. I had to sign off on everything. I mean, I was okay yeah, yeah. with that, right? It's yeah. like, it's like well, the I mean, Hail yeah, Mary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's 10 seconds left and it's, yeah. it's, it's fourth and fourth and two, yeah. and you, yeah, and you want the you want the you want the left winger to to hit the touchdown on the score post. So several yeah. different sports rolled into that one, Jer. But I know you're doing your best. You know. <laughs> okay, so, so it was a home, so, so was it a home run or not? Yes, yes, it was. I caught the ball, got the cheerleader. Whoa. I'm a happy guy. Wait, wait, wait! You said something there. You said something there that uh, that it was kind of shocking. You were like they. Uh, it didn't start off very well when they wheeled me into the wrong room. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm signed up. They, they finally got my girlfriend out of the room. I'm there by myself, and the, the orderly comes to get me. The surgeon had signed my neck with his initials on the side of the neck, and they're wheeling me down the room, and they show they come to the room, and I'm looking at sunlight for what I think might be my last time ever. And they wheel me in this room, and the nurse goes, I'm your doctor, and the anesthesiologist says, I'm this guy. And I'm thinking, well, I haven't met any of these people. I've already met the team. And they go, don't worry, Mr. Miller. You'll be perfectly fine in our hands i went yeah i'm not mr miller and then they inject you and then, and then they go like, to sleep i'm, no. I'm lying on a, like, on a gurney sh- naked until sh- sh- they check my neck and they went oh you don't belong to this room so cover me back up out in the hallway and i went oh, you know what only me but the whole thing God. was just a a travesty the whole thing was mistakes after mistake do you know what mistake. the guy do you know what mr miller was I get? don't know. I think it was for an leg amputation. I'm not sure. Oh, man, that'd be so fucked up if they took your leg. Yeah. He was he actually the first penis transplant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. It was a double penis transplant to replace his nipples. So he was the first person <laughs> to get dick nipples in Canada. You just wake up with dick nipples? Yeah, and, like, you're, oh! and you're like, but I, my heart still feels damaged. And they're like, oh, shit. That would be shit. the opposite way when you're cold. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Like, what? What? How 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 does this happen? How does this like a? It became a running joke. We used to make a joke before we went to the hospital or doctors or whatever. What can go wrong? What could possibly go wrong now? It became like the tagline of yeah. and something would always happen. Anything Murphy's Law. He, this yeah. might be a bit of a uh, silly question, but I feel like you know we keep we keep referring to the states. I feel like if you were if this was happening in the U.S., you would just inherently be someone who would be suing the fucking pants off of everyone and everything with yeah. throughout this entire journey. That's been brought up a few times. <clears throat> um, a couple of lawyers have yeah. actually said, you know, you probably have a case. I mean, you'd probably have to yeah. sue them in the States, though, because you'd need that money to pay for the work. $600,000, yeah, I asked. Right. Am I the $6 million man yet? And they went, no, but you're, you're 600000 That's <laughs> how much the whole th- the operation thing costs. would have cost. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was getting drugs for free. When you're on dialysis, a lot of stuff you get for free. A yeah. lot of the pills you get, it's amazing. Did you have to do go out of pocket for anything? Um, not really. My my girlfriend works in the lumber industry, so she's got great medical benefits. Mm-hmm. You, so, uh, you said in I, your application that you did though that you like bought some shit, like having to pay for the shit I bought. I tried everything. Was there was dialysis stuff. I even tried acupuncture. I mean, when you're when you're checking out. Just go for it. I tried yeah. acupuncture. I tried everything. When you mean checking out, you mean when, dead. When you're, well, they told me I was going to yeah. be dead in five months. Yeah. I mean, so there's no point in buying gifts for Christmas. You know, yeah. I'm not going to be here. Yeah. And uh, so it saved you money in the long run. It did not because <laughs> for the five Idiot. months I thought, you know what? I need a new barbecue. Oh, my, my TV's kind of small. I need a 60 inch. Dude, yeah. that, you know, the sound's kind of off. I need a new receiver. I don't need to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I need this stuff. Just leave it for my kids when I die. Yeah, yeah but, and I mean, like, if you structure it right, then they don't. Then it. they don't have to pay for it when you die. Yeah, you just right. have to make sure that you structure it right. <laughs> um, so, so they the surgeon goes in and takes care of the heart issue. Uh, they get you into the right room. Yep. Uh, and uh, was did the surgery go off without without a hitch? Apparently, I was I was out for about twenty three hours, from what I'm told. Whoa, that's and a long time. My, wow. my, my son's a, a videographer, and I, I wanted to document what was happening. So I had him. I wanted him to film the operation, but uh, they wouldn't let him <laughs> that in. That would have been fucking great. I, man, if my dad asked me to come in and film his heart surgery, I would be like, Dad. Well, I was keeping notes of everything know. that happened because I thought maybe once I'm dead, someone can learn from everybody else's mistakes. You know, don't right. do what I did. Yeah. But 
but now I'm a shining example of being a rebel, so I, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, did, right. Okay, but uh, wait, did the movie get made? Not yet, but I'm in the process of writing a book. Oh, really? Sweet. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, what, like, how far along that process are you? Well, I looked up how many words a normal book have. It's between it's like, 60 and 100. Yeah. Thousand words. Oh, I'm wow. at about thirty-five thousand. I was like sixty. Yeah, sixty. The wor- words. That's a lot of words. Yeah, that's a lot of words. Oh, sixty thousand. It could be a novella. Words. Yeah, there you go. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Because I don't want to write it now. What's the, What's the um, like ultimate premise behind the book? Keep a good sense of humor, positive attitude, and be your own advocate. Yeah, we don't subscribe fake to news, that. Fake news. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah that's really that's awesome. That's a fucking crazy story, though. I gotta say, like, and and the, from like from from passed out on the office floor to a year ago. How long was that? Two years. Two years. Just like yeah. Two years of absolute, uh, just absolute insanity. Yeah. How did it? How did it take a toll on you? Like, how have you changed from that? How did it take my, a toll on you mentally my, or physically? Mentally, my priorities have shifted. Um, what used to be important is not that important. <clears throat> now I watch other people get all upset about the smallest of things. And I, I just think. <laughs> like when know, they don't give you rice in your red curry that you <laughs> ordered from Uber Eats. Why are you looking at him? <laughs> no, 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 was, he's looking at us because at, oh. <laughs> it was him. <laughs> Jer had a little bit of a tantrum last night. Yeah, had a little bit of a temper I, tantrum. I'm the only one out of the three of us who doesn't freak out about food things. So <laughs> we've, all, true, we've all got our things. In yeah. the big scheme of things, first world problems, right? Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Very yeah. much so. And what about physically? How did it take a toll on you physically? I like, look after myself more now. Yeah. Uh, In of, what ways? Lots of walking exercising i mean i was just your typical male before i you know exercised a bit maybe some golfing that was about Mm -hmm. it my my whole my whole focus was on work now work is still important i gotta please my clients make sure they're happy but in the big scheme of things life and family is important yeah absolutely when when you talk about like the the typical male thing before um one of the other things that we find that usually um, comes up with men and we touched on this a little bit at the beginning but is is that idea of like vulnerability and and uh, I'm curious to know if like if you've kind of come in touch with that side of 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 who you are a little bit more and have been a little bit more I had to, open about that yeah I, I am I I was very much a solo guy very independent I'm I'm not so much anymore. I I do reach out for help now. A lot of people banded together. I mean, I had people praying for me, and I'm not a big prayer kind of guy, but I know a lot of people prayed for me from here all the way down to Guatemala. So that must have done something. Some good vibes were out there floating Mm -hmm. around somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's pretty. uh, It's a pretty tough. It's a pretty tough um, thing. Thing that you know. That again, touching on what you just said, the typical guy like that is. That is, it's really, it's really tough to change what the typical guy is in the way that it would be really great if, uh, if, you know, five, 10, 15, however long it takes that the typical guy is more like more in tune, more in tune. The guy who is fine with, with talking about the fact that he's got something going on. And, and I know, and I'm, I'm speaking from that in the, in the place that I'm going, I know personally that that's really hard because subconsciously. I find myself being that current typical guy going, yeah, I don't need to go to the doctor. Okay, I don't, I don't have a doctor. I don't, well, you know, I feel fine, so I think I'm fine. I, I think I know my body's working and whatever. Oh, there's this little issue. Nah, I don't need to, whatever. I don't need to really talk about it too much. And that happens to me too. And, and we're in this. We do this, and I Ooh. still feel that way. So it's a, it's a hard <laughs> ship to turn around. But Yeah, so you should be on the front line of leading that charge. Yeah, but also, Taylor, it's like think about where you would be if we hadn't been doing this. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Like, absolutely. It's it started to it started to change that. And I'm saying that from like a it's a it's quite a, like a minor thing. The, the the biggest thing in my personal life is that I need a fucking family doctor. But you know that's a that's a that's good a, luck that's, with that. That's a healthcare system uh, woe. Not necessarily yeah. my my. That is a thing. big woe right now. There is yeah. a lack of doctors <clears throat> that I'm trying to lead the charge of getting these doctors in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've talked to the division of family practices. I've talked to the college of physicians, and it's the public that says. We need doctors, but the public's not doing that right. Um, uh, Ken, I got a I got a question that we we tend to ask a lot of our guests. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that your experience with all of this? Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that it's taken away from you? Taken away from me? It's taken away my. Uh, what is it taken away from me? I might. I don't know. My my 
my time that I spend away from the home, I guess. That's what it's taken away from me. I spend a lot more time at home now. Okay. All right. I'm not antisocial by far, but it's just I, I enjoy the house mm. more. Mm. I enjoy just relaxing. And what would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? Uh, insight into how many people that you think don't make mistakes can make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's like, I mean, that's come up a couple times yeah. in this conversation. And I, think, and I do really think it's so vitally important that people realize mm. that. The advocacy thing has been a huge yeah, through it's, line. It's and just realize that thing. doctors are people and people make mistakes. Yep. And, and you should never put all of your, your, your trust and all of your weight and all of your, you know, all of your chips into that one person's hands because that, they're, they're not superhuman. And that's not a knock on doctors. No, that's going, no, that's, that's, that's going, hey, that's recognizing that they're a fucking human yeah, and, like, I, and being helpful for them. Yeah. I took my GP out for a beer after I thought I was going to be a, a lot better. I took him out for a beer and I said, you know, you're the first one to call the heart. You know, and then it went on to kidneys and went to liver. Yeah. I said, you were the first one. And he, I said, what made you think that? I, I walked in with a cough and he said, experience. You know, you, yeah. you can look up Google, you can do machines. He said, but when you walked in, you could just see the color of your skin, the way mm-hmm. your eyes were dilated, and the cough. That had to do with your heart, endocarditis. And he was right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a year and a half later, not to – a year and a half later, did everybody go, oh, maybe he was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the one thing I would, I would challenge, and I, I, I don't know if you meant it this way, Jared, but like when you say like never put all of your trust in, into one person, it's like I, I feel like more in more of an optimistic way, like put all of your trust into a person. Like you can put all of your trust into a doctor – but just n- know with that caveat that they 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 could make mistakes, then and, and that that's a reality do, of life. Do like, your homework. Yeah. It's like when you trust because it, don't like, blindly, when you trust don't someone, blindly. you mean yeah, don't yeah. trust blindly. I, I'm yeah. saying I'm saying trust them, but don't ex- don't expect them to be the only answer, mm-hmm. and right. don't expect mm-hmm. your trust to be the thing that that should get you to the other side because. Mm-hmm. Pe- uh, people make mistakes. That's mm. it's not like a don't trust your doctors. Mm. Fuck, trust your doctors. They're, they're the ones who know what they're talking about. But also understand that they're human. I think that clarifies it. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. speaking 100%. to that, my heart doctor said, "Well, you're better. Go away. We'll see you in a year." I would have been dead in a year if I had listened to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I had tr- put a total trust into him, yeah, I'd be dead. Yeah, mm. man, what a wild story. Yeah, Ken, yeah. you kicked it off. Uh, you kicked it off well for our very first recording while we've been here in, in Vancouver. <laughs> is, this, is this the still the Q four tour tour? <laughs> yeah, this is well. Technically, it is. Now I'm the Q4. bridesmaid. I'm only here because you guys had a cancellation. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had, we had like last minute cancellation, and uh, we were able to squeeze you in. I'm so glad we did. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to come out from Maple Ridge and come hang out with Not us. Not a problem. Thank you, and keep up the good work. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. The well, public needs to know, and the public needs to rally behind. Advocating. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Great topic to hit on today. I loved it. And thank you all so much for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode from this little uh, Q4 tour tour out in Vancouver. Um, and in the meantime, we say it every week, and we mean it every week. Go on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. Um, it's just one of those things that helps us stay on the, the Apple iTunes charts, uh, Apple Podcast charts, and it's like uh, kind of like the the billboard charts of podcasting. It's a great place for people to discover uh, conversations just like this one. So I've actually heard from a lot of people who've said they've, they've found the podcast by going to Apple Podcasts and being like, I just found out that I got diagnosed with like Huntington's disease and I don't know, I don't know what to do. And like they type in disease or like cert- certain keywords and then our show pops up. Mm-hmm. If I can, and it's everybody who leaves reviews and all that shit that, that allows, allows us to be, that mm. to be the thing that they the, get to. Especially if you like SEO, like search engine optimize your uh, your reviews for us. So like if you could say like <laughs> great work on the disease illness show, lost, lost me. Yeah, lost thanks me. for the sickness yeah. talk. Yeah. Uh, but if you also if you want to support us in other ways, um, uh, like financially, you can also do that as well. Yeah, you can go to patreon.com slash sickboy and like you know we ha- we. Love everyone. everyone. Everyone who listens to the show. Everyone. We love them. Yeah, like deeply. There's just this this little cutoff where there's like an uh, I don't want to say elite. Uh, do uh, I want to use the word elite? I don't know. No, if I, I don't maybe think you do it all. Or supreme. Superior no, or something supreme. Yeah. No. There's ne- some type of S no. word that might go to some I mean if you do donate to us, then Maybe you're in that no, category. No, no, we, we love everyone equally, right? But I mean, like, 
but then there's this that one group upper echelon if you will uh, whoa, guys, right no no i yeah. know i mean there's just like there's just a little line. No, we it's love like, all and of you. like everybody, there's people above the line and there's people below the line. No, but everyone's equal. Just some people are above and some people are below. Who's above? It. Who's above the line? This, I mean, sounds, who, this sounds like what racists say to like people who donate. justify their racism. You guys sound horrible right now. Go to patreon.com slash sick boy if you want to. If you su- want to be above the line. <laughs> oh God, you fuckers. <laughs> if you want to support. Uh, but we love each and every one of you. And, even and the people who don't can't afford to give us a, a dollar a, a month. Although uh, you're below the line, we ooh, still love cool, you. Cool. Uh, <laughs> speaking of other uh, other people who support us, um, uh, big thanks to uh, Larry, Larry Gifford, for providing this space for us that we're recording in today. Chorus you Entertainment. Uh, big you entertainment. Out. You might remember Larry. Uh, Larry was on the podcast. He talked about his Parkinson's in this very studio with us. And Larry actually has his own podcast. Um, and it's called when life gives you Parkinson's. So if you're done listening to this and you're all caught up on sick boy, definitely go check out Larry's podcast. When life gives you Parkinson's. I feel like uh, there there needs to be a, like an ending to that title. You know, like when life gives you Parkinson's shake the lemonade all over your face. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, get real sticky yeah. or, something. <laughs> or something like that. Larry, hit me up. Well, we can talk. We'll brainstorm. Uh, so, yeah, and, and a big thanks to Donovan, the CPAP Morgan, for the sound design on this show. Um, man, it's really weird that I sound like I'm a merman right now and I'm yeah. under the water just swimming in the ocean having the greatest time. Blah, 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 blah. I think Donovan does the sound, though, the sound effect. Yeah, he did the underwater sound effects, but, like, I still need to make the bubbles. Oh, right, okay. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that's what a merman sounded like. I feel weird. Uh, man. And a big thanks to Take Part. Uh, they do the theme music. Take Part in this. Did I hear it? Yeah, yep, sweet. You did. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, we love all you. And that is it for this week. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor. I'm Jeremy. I'm Ken. And this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.